Hey, Griffin here. All these murders are made up. They're not real-life murders. That would be a weird thing for us to do. Take it away, song! I'm Griffin. I'm Laura. This is Killed to Death. We solve murders. Uh, oh, I like the oomph that was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve has gotten so jaded over the years that you can hear the energy slowly like draining out of it. He's like, we solve murders. We solve murders. You know what we do. Exactly. No, no, no. You need a fresh take on this intro. Wow, I love it. Yeah, Steve is still, of course, in Halifax. Uh, you yourself, you like to travel. Do I? Right. I like traveled. to be in new places, but I hate traveling. Oh, okay. So how do you get to new places then? Tra- by traveling. Okay. I just hate it. I hate the airport. I hate planes. I hate flying. So do you have some travel tips then? Um, Get there early. Get there early, like to the new destination? Yeah, get to, get to the new destination as A early as possible. A couple weeks early, scout it out, get used to the space. Exactly. Come back and then get ready for your trip. No, no, no. You know, just be prepared. Have things in your bag that you like to do. Snacks. What, have, yeah, have things in your bag that you like to do. Uh, so snacks. What else? Books, if you like to uh, read. For the listener, <laughs> I've received one eye roll. <laughs> We are one minute into the show. Uh, If this ratio continues, that will be 50. Okay. Well, maybe you should look at your own actions before commenting on the ones of others. I'm not saying it wasn't undeserved. Okay. Sorry, you have snacks. What else do you do? Snacks. If you like to read, bring books. If you like to listen to music, make sure your phone's charged. Just be prepared for anything. You know, I love to make sure I have wet wipes in my bag and hand sanitizers because I right. hate feeling In case dirty. you're bored. In case I'm bored, I like to play with wet wipes. <laughs> see see what in the airport you can get wet. Exactly. No, no, no. And then it dries really quickly. So it's it's the whole they caught. It's the whole Right. And, and then it's kind of almost a race to wipe faster than it dries. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you also have hand sanitizer? I have hand sanitizer because... You know, sometimes you're so bored and those, those, they started charging for alcohol on the plane. So yeah. Do you like to travel? Uh, do I like to? Yes. Have I done it in my life? Rarely. Right. You've left Ontario once and it was to go to Montreal. Uh, that's true. It was to go to Detroit. And Detroit. Uh, this past summer, this was the first time I've left Ontario since I was four. How old are you, Griffin? And I ventured out to... I'm 25. Okay. And I ventured out uh, to Detroit. Uh, and it did seem like an entirely different place. You uh, know, I'm constantly surprised that that's the case. But then I'm also Because not I seem so worldly. No. And, and cultured. I, and then I'm not surprised. Because <laughs> uh, you won't eat... Oh, hang on. Okay. Check this out. Ugh. Okay. For the listeners, uh, we are both at one eye roll apiece. Okay. <laughs> this is already this is already more genuine, I think, than any intro has ever been on this show. Really? Yeah. You, do you usually just? Pretend? I don't give out facts about myself. Okay. Because now fans out there know that I've been to Detroit. And right? nowhere and that will, else. I guess dissuade them from going. No, I think I think being genuine is uh, endearing. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm the only one who thinks that. Now, speaking of uh, being genuine, Mm. uh, would you like to solve a murder? I would love to solve a murder. (laughs) You're really (laughs) taking swings. I'm batting. (laughs) The victim, Marcus Featherbottom, whose body showed up unaccounted for in a morgue. Today's guest, 
Dryden Moorcroft, who discovered the body. Dryden, hello. Hello. Uh, do you do much traveling? Uh, no, I tend to stay close to the morgue. There's a lot of business that I have to attend to. Morgue related. Uh, you, a morgue does not run itself, as I'm sure you can imagine. No, it's a busy life. You have also been uh, texting almost this entire time. Yes, yes. Well, I am in touch with my assistant, uh, Beatrice, who is uh, looking after the morgue in my absence. Right. Since right. Uh, you felt it necessary to bring me here. Well, uh, oh. What makes it so busy at the morgue? Because well, I feel like that would be one of the most, uh, like everyone's dead already. Yes, it's not so much uh, that that uh, that you have to deal with. Well, you do deal with the dead. I mean, first of all, people don't stop dying. You know, it's not like there's a right. statutory holiday and people go, well, it's true. I it's a renewable resource. Die. Uh, sure, you can look at it that way. There's always more. Yes, I will never run out of death to deal with. So <laughs> my business shall live on long after I do, ironically speaking, do of you, course. Um, hmm? Do you enjoy the work? Because oh, you, you're it. phrasing it as death I have to deal with. Death I have to deal with. Well, it's a calling. You know, it's it's more, it's it's a, something inside me that drives me to deal with the dead, I suppose. You, you've always been drawn to death? Yes, that's a horrible way of looking at it, I suppose. But yes, I'm drawn to death. Yeah, I have. A, this um, is episode 238 of yes. a murder podcast. I do, so I f- I feel that. Well, yes, yes. I mean, I've never murdered anybody. I I didn't say I had well, explicitly. It sounded. It was implied. <laughs> I felt in the, your tone of voice. I took it to mean that you were a cause of many of these deaths. So I have a question. Good. Are you um, uh, a mortician, or are you an office manager, or what do you do at the morgue? You just own it? What do you do? Well, I'm a jack-of-all-trades. I suppose my, my business card says a morgue emporium operator. Okay, okay, okay. okay. An emporium, to me, yes, implies uh, fantastical wonder. Well, is not death the greatest wonder of all? Nobody knows okay. what oh. happens when one dies. Nobody knows. So Nobody's it, come back, so to speak. Is to this a, a, a traditional morgue, or have you kind of spiced it up? Oh, well, I suppose I have taken some liberties and spiced it up a little bit. It's a... It, 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 you you know, um, you've heard of public storage facilities, of course. Where Never. People, no. No? no. Oh, they're great. I mean, if you have a lot of stuff and you don't have enough space for it. I'm a minimalist, so... Fair enough. Yeah. Not everyone is. There's people who have... No, I'm a, I'm a maximist. A maximist. A yeah. maximalist. Yeah, I, so I am well familiar with uh, storage facilities. Of course, of course. Uh, so uh, I believe that my emporium, as I like to call it, is sort of a, a storage facility for the dead. I, I keep them uh, when people don't have room for their dead, uh, so to speak. <laughs> Because if, if your family member dies, it's not like you just would have a you know a spare bedroom that you'd let them rest or reside in. So, so you store dead people. Yes. For do they then go to the cemetery or get cremated, or do they stay there? It, What's happening? They stay there as long as uh, well as long as people pay the bills on their storage. Uh, uh, their. Uh, what, slumber for the, for the listener we've got a punching motion I, yeah. well it's more of a pulling and returning see they're drawers really uh, <laughs> but uh, we call them uh, uh, slumber pods uh, right. oh, where the bodies trademarked. are kept pardon me is it trademarked yes it is yes, okay yes good patent uh, pending for legal yeah so try not to say it too much okay that's true there we is a, a limited budget yes there is a cost um but people, so yes, we, we store loved ones for all sorts of people, for, for people who just don't know where, what they want to do with their deceased 
uh, person yet. Uh, sometimes for the authorities, mm. if uh, they don't have enough room wherever they're storing so them, we just we we are. So a, you're not the authorities. You're not publicly funded. This is a private no, is a morgue private. emporium. Yes, it's a morgue emporium. A very morgue. private. Yes. Well, I mean, it's it is open to the public, uh, I suppose. People, you know, people come in off the street. Yeah. Of course, it's an emporium. You offer tours. Y- yes, very much so. Oh, yes. Some people, uh, uh, that's a, a, a bit of the side business. That's why it's so busy. We've got visitors. I have to show them tours. Uh, you lead to... the tours as well. I try to. Uh, 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 yes, I take it personally that I want to show people around the facilities, show them uh, how their dead ones are stored as needed, and uh, uh, they uh, may be future customers. You know, everyone who walks through my door. That's true. Could be a future customer. I have a question. Yes. Because... B- Operating a morgue emporium must be a, a really smart idea because, as you said, people will never stop dying. Right. Yeah. Kind of like working in health services. People will never stop, stop. needing health. Right. God willing. God willing. Suppose, rest in peace. Yes. Now, are you? is that why you went into it or was it more because you said it was a calling? I mean, are you interested in security? In security? Well, I suppose I am, yes. I mean, everyone wants to know that they will be taken care of and that they will leave a legacy on this earth, but I think... That's why I do this. Fair enough. This, I mean, this will live on in infamy or... Of course. Infamy. However it lives on, (laughs) yes. There's, there's, people will find it a thousand years from now and go, this is what this man was about, (laughs) right? That's all we can hope for. So, uh, but it was a calling. You know, when I was a child, I was drawn to uh, both... Death and storage. Mm. Uh, I liked to collect things and keep them organized. Uh, and I started as a child. I, I, uh, uh, I opened up this business to my school chums. I said, "If you got extra things that you don't have room for, I will store them for." Right. You. And where where did the death come in? Well, the death came in when I realized that things die. You know, as a child, I had a pet hamster, and uh, it, of course, passed away, sadly, as all hamsters do. And you had already had the storage business running at the time. Exactly, and I was like, I don't want to part with my dead hamster yet. I mean, uh, my parents were pushing me to bury it or perhaps burn it in the backyard. Uh, We had a fire pit that could be used for such things. And And they really wanted you to do that. Well, yes, they wanted me to dispose of the body in some way. I don't, I suppose they were pushing for the burning, which now that I think of it was a little odd, but uh, uh, I said, no, mummy and daddy, I'm going to store it. I'm going to keep it until I'm ready to let go of it and move on from this. Right. So how did, uh, I guess over the years you've refined your methods. Yes. Uh, but yes. You, you would have known nothing about keeping a body at that time. So no. what do you do with the hamster? Well, I put it in a, in a shoebox. I had a pair of uh, Air Jordans that I had saved up my allowances for. Did you take life. them out of the box before you put the hamster in? Sadly, no. Oh, that was my God. first mistake. I learned very quickly on that, that do not store the dead with your own possessions. Yeah. Because they will taint them, of course. Now, those Jordans are worthless because they just smell like rotting hamster. Right. Hearts, which is... Well, you, could, you could sell them to somebody who doesn't have a sense of smell. Oh, that's... Whoa. <laughs> Now you're thinking. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I do go to business school, so. Oh, yeah. You're at U of T for business. No. York. Oh, apologies. Oh. So I'm sorry. That's not... Well, <laughs> not maybe, maybe U of T one day. If you work hard that enough. Oh, shot, for the listener, I'm at two. <laughs> I almost heard that. Actually. It was so intense. Uh, so let's talk then about Marcus. Oh, Marcus, yes. Oh, Did yeah. you know Marcus beforehand? Yes, I did know Marcus. He was, uh, well, I dare I say it, he was like a son to me. <gasps> he, uh, he showed up at the door of the Morgan Emporium one day, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, a bright-eyed child as I once was. 
and uh, I gave him a tour, and he was very excited by particularly how I uh, how I uh, dressed and uh, made the bodies look. You dr- you dress the bodies. Well, yes, I want to preserve them in appearance as well, so that if if uh, the owners, uh, the the family, the whoever, owners, the owners, well, the, owners. The, <laughs> the owners of these people. Yes, yes. I mean, they are when they are. I feel I, it sounds harsh, but when they are a dead, deceased body, they become an object, a thing. They are no longer that loved one. They are a possession. They are owned right. by someone. Now, it, this, I am interested family. to yes. take a bit of a detour here. Oh, sure, of uh, course, because this brings up uh, y- your views on death. Mm. So you say you become an object once you pass on. Uh, What kind of afterlife do you believe in? Oh, well, uh, I suppose I believe that uh, once we die, uh, our soul, our energy, as it were, goes... Our ghost. Our ghost. You could use that term, I suppose. Don't put words in his mouth. I prefer... No, That's what this show is. You can put words in my mouth. Okay. Please. Ball. Ball. Yes. <laughs> Our ghost ball of energy. Our, the soul is a ball to me. I believe it is a round soul that uh, exists inside of us. Okay. It's our personality. So your stance is that a soul is round. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, that's uh, logically because a soul has to be able to fit through anything and 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 move and spin and you know be all malleable. Bounced around. Bounced around. Exactly. It is ball form. Okay. So sorry. You believe that 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 soul within us. Yes. That uh, right. What was the question? Oh, what I believe happens yes. to the soul ball? Of course, <laughs> uh, the soul ball. Uh, uh, I don't believe in a heaven per se, uh, oh. but I believe in an afterlife dimension, which is uh, so. When somebody dies, their soul ball. I don't know if you watch Star Trek a lot, but they often find rifts in the space-time continuum. Okay. Right? Uh, that they can trans. Uh, yeah, I'm always finding rifts myself. Exactly. They're <laughs> everywhere. There are rifts. And I believe there exists a rift where all soul balls go through once uh, once their life here on Earth is done, and uh, it's 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 like a, a, a ball pit at a McDonald's, you know, or one of those children's balls. All the soul balls, well, all the get balls together. are yes, in there. Yes. And do kids swim through them? Oh, I hope so. In my dreams, that is what happens. Unfortunately, I don't know. Uh, I won't know until I pass through these earthly coils. But uh, that is my hope that uh, children. Oh, that's another good question. Are you excited to die? No, of course not. That's a horrible question. I want okay. to live as long as possible. But sure. in, in, when, I, when it does happen, I do hope that I am on the top of that ball pit for a child to burst through. So is this some sort of purgatory-like ball pit where billions and billions of of souls pass through to heaven or hell or whatever else you believe in? Or is this the end? That, no, that is the end result. That we all end we up in a ball time pit. In a ball pit, yes, yes. And I suppose the children that get to play in the ball pit are the chosen few who have lived the most perfect life on Earth. Oh, then you you get to retain your physical form yes. and bring your body with you. As a child, and play <laughs> in the ball pit for all eternity. So let's say I'm good. I'm, I'm behaved. <laughs> but let's you're say, not. Let's say. <laughs> well, but let's pretend. But, let's, but you're let's, not in this hi- I know, in this hypothetical. Sure. Uh, okay. every, every person should have the hope of being that eternal child. Uh, even no matter how impossible it might be. So I'm going to live to a very good old, old man. Okay. Uh, and then I will die. Yes, you will. Uh, at which point I will return to the form I was in as a child. Well, if you are good enough, yes. If you're good, but yes. you're right. not going. That's to be. this. It's a hypothetical. You will I return to your perfect. We will return to your perfect form, and we are never more perfect than when we are an innocent child. What age not is that? Beautiful. Generally, it's around age 
ten and a half. Okay. Oh. Before we're jaded by the world and by negativity and by adult right. responsibilities and worries. And so I'll turn into myself at ten and a ten half. Ten and a half, yes. And then I'll be put in a ball pit. Yes. A little old for ten, but okay. <laughs> little, what? Little, little. Sorry, it's a. I would say it's you're a little old at that point to be in a ball, a ball pit. No, no, no. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Twelve, you're not allowed in the play place at all. Oh. How do you know this? What? Because I was kicked out at 13 so many times. If, Do if, they ID you? Yeah, I brought on a co-host who despises me. <laughs> I don't despise you at all. I just don't like you very much. Oh, that's a fine line you're splitting there with hairs. But uh, uh, I think... See, I, right there, I know you're never going to be the uh, child in the ball pit. Because you think ten and a half is too old for a ball pit. Right, and that is a sin. Oh. That's a horrible sin. <laughs> you don't believe in the sweet innocence of youth. Right, but in that scenario, I turn into my kid self and I go play in the ball pit for all eternity. Yes, for all eternity, amongst the soul balls of the world. I'm glad it took us this long to get through this hypothetical. Yeah, well, it was interrupted a few times. That's valid, it was. But it's an important thing to talk about. I mean, this is a philosophical discussion. No one will know for sure, but Mm. I I think it's probably the most sound uh, uh, belief that there could be. Uh, and was Marcus, you say he was a child himself when you first met him. Was he ten and a half when he came and you gave that to her? When I first met him, he was exactly ten and a half. Yes, he introduced himself. Hi, I'm Marcus Father- Featherbottom, age ten and a half. And I said, ah, a perfect child. Mm. Uh, and then, so on the tour, he was most fascinated with how you stored and dressed the bodies. Yes, yes. Uh, I, like to, I like to keep each body stored in the, in the most... Um, slumber pod. Slumber pod, <laughs> in the slumber pod. And uh, keep them in a, in a healthy and happy appearance. Uh, so that, yes, as their owners and visitors come to see them, uh, you know, whatever their their, uh, their beliefs or their loves might have been, if somebody, uh, for example, was was a chef, you know, or loved food, then I might dress them in a, in a chef hat and an apron and perhaps have a picture of Gordon Ramsay beside them or oh, something. So you really go full out on the stereotype of these dead people's well, lives. I don't believe yeah. it's a stereotype. I'm taking so, yeah, into account I'm just trying action. to be the journalist in the room. Oh, fair enough. You're trying to dig to the bottom. I just <laughs> yeah. don't think it's a stereotype. If somebody likes is a foodie, why not dress them as a yeah, chef? Yeah, it's a stereotype that all chefs wear chef hats. I suppose it's a stereotype. <laughs> some of them do construction hats. Want... Some of them wear big Pope hats. I guess there is a variety of hats that a chef could wear. Uh, Well, what if they want it to be immortalized via another facet of their personality? Well, they don't get to choose. I have to go on the information I have at hand. Which is what they're wearing when they die. Or or their occupation. It's based on, I do do a little research. What about temp? What people with temp jobs? What do you do then? Well, then I would dress them in generic office attire, perhaps with a keyboard beside them, because most temp work is some form of data entry, and a phone, perhaps, because they're probably doing reception Oh, work. so props. Oh, definitely props are involved. Yes, of course. To get the full experience. Uh, there's yeah. clothing, there's To props. go with the costumes, exactly. there are props. Exactly. It's, I mean, the, the slumber pod is a set that I dressed to the appropriate Will you uh, make look. a little playlist for each pod as well? Oh, of music. Yes, songs. There's a soundtrack, of course. Yes, yes. So, oh, I'm curious. Can we do a little exercise? Sure. Uh, could you tell us about each of our designed pods that you would make for us? Oh, that's a wonderful oh, idea. Oh, it is. Sure. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, well, I mean, for Laura, for example, mm. um, I mean, uh, she she mentioned journalism, so I'd go on that theme and the and the uh, uh, the energy I get. Oh, just... uh, she's not at U of T. 
Not at U of T, right? York. A York. bunch of York. A bunch of York memorabilia. Yes. So there'd be a York Yeoman uh, sign, of course. Uh, she's a journalist, so uh, I would put, you know, a microphone and a, a, a pad and a pen and maybe a, you know, a press hat on her head. It's you love 1942. The hat. It's, it's timeless. <laughs> uh, the energy that she gives off is very confrontational, so uh, it would probably be it would probably be mostly black and dark colors on there and some angry, uh, you know, uh, rage against the machine type music playing for the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, you nailed that. I imagine your slumber pod, I imagine Rage Against the Machine okay. blaring. Okay, Griffin's slumber pod needs to have this music. Do you have that song? Yes, I do, do you have, have that song that ready? Song. Yes, I have the library. Uh, a library of every song ever written or that will be written. Um, uh, and does that one to be written still, I guess? I believe that one is to be written, uh, but I don't think there's any more lyrics than what she just sang there. Of, <laughs> yes, I'd say that's, that's pretty much it on loop and on repeat. Uh, yes, for Griffin, uh, now this is a tougher one. Um, uh, because, well, what I think of you, I think of podcasts. Uh, Why? What? Well, what? that's how I know you, and that's what oh, we're yeah. doing here, I suppose. So that's, I just have to go. Hopefully we can build a friendship after I, this. I would, I would like that. Perhaps come to the morgue, I'll give you a tour, we can talk further. Um, but that's fair, podcasting. Okay. I go with podcasts and a lack of travel. Uh, mm. So your slumber pod mm. would be would be fenced in because you don't <laughs> go anywhere. It would be probably with some razor wire and things. Okay, so my pod inaccessible. Inaccessible, exactly, for in or out or anything. Um, and uh, you would be dressed in... Uh, in sports memorabilia for no other reason than there's some on your wall here, so I assume that is a deep, deep interest for you. Um, uh, so I would put you in a, a, a tank top to show off your guns. Uh, oh, that's what you meant by sports memorabilia. Yes. was a tank top, okay. A tank top, yes, a tank top and nothing else. Uh, <laughs> because I feel like you are somebody who likes to be naked to the world. You like to uh, open up in the form if, of podcast. Yeah, if there's, so. if there's one thing about me, it's I really put myself out there. You put yourself out there without leaving the pod. So it's fenced in, but open. <laughs> it's open and closed at the same time. It's wow. kind of a dichotomy. Uh, and of course, uh, playing through that whole thing is... Yes, yes. That is hauntingly accurate. Well, it is a it uh, is a bit of a gift. I can only go again with with what I'm uh, what I'm uh, what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing. It's a sort of an art. Form, Have you, you know? thought about a... your own pod? Mm. Oh, how can you not think about your own pod? It's yeah, I'm thinking about kill to death all the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and it's tough, really, because I you know I think I, as much as I deal in death, I am multifaceted. Um, I uh, I do have other interests. Um, so uh, I am. I well, yeah. You don't want to be reduced to just your job. You well, don't want to be reduced I to just your like job. I feel like because of that chef thing. <laughs> yes. You should be wearing like a big long robe that's covered in blood. And you should be holding a bucket of cyanide or some sort. Yeah, of just like you are preserving. right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, I did come dressed uh, from work. I didn't have time to change, um, so I brought a bucket of cyanide uh, and this big long bloody robe. And my big long bloody robe. It's amazing how many dead bodies just keep bleeding. They don't. Uh, they don't stop. Exactly. Uh, no matter. Hmm? No, I said exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, uh, the music that should be playing. Sorry, oh, I'm so going to monopolize. You, you seem to be inspired by this <laughs> yes, now. So, uh, is 
the English national anthem. I uh, feel that no, that would God be more than appropriate. I was the queen. That, Our home and native you, you just sang "God Save the Queen" to the tune of "O Canada" and called it the British national anthem. <laughs> that is the British national anthem. Because <laughs> um, I was going to say the music would either be well, yes, I was going to say my music would be the Coronation Street theme song, uh, which is which is uh, it's sort of a sad trumpet. Uh, along the, I mean, it's no da da da, but it's uh, <laughs> it's still moving and uh, and uh, I think sums up a bit of my personality. So, I, well, yes, Laura, you have a knack for this, you know. If you oh. ever uh, think of leaving the angry journalism uh, uh, career, you could probably have a job in uh, morguing. Well, it depends on whether you'll find me dead there or not. Somebody died. Yes. Yeah. We're forgetting about that. I'm not going to your morgue if I'm going to die. Yeah, now nope. that is true. Mark Marcus was not uh, paid for. He was not accounted for. He just showed up there dead. No, you're right. He did. Yes, uh, uh, as I say, he he had showed up as a uh, uh, as a young boy on tour, and uh, he seemed interested in the uh, the morgue business. So I took him under my. How, how many years ago was that? Oh, this was twelve years ago. Right. So he's twenty two he and a half. Twenty two and a half. That is so tragic. It's very That's young. So it tragic, is very yeah. young. Yes. What happened? Well, uh, I mean, he had been coming. As I say, he took him under my wing, and uh, it was sort of like a big brother, little brother kind of scenario. He had a he had a tough home life. Uh, his parents were traveling salesmen, so they were always on the road, uh, and he was alone as a ten year old boy. Who leaves a boy alone? So mm-hmm. uh, he came and hung out at the morgue with me, and I started showing him the ropes and uh, uh, hoping, of course, one day that uh, that I could pass on the business to him, perhaps, and he could uh, carry the uh, the torch, as it were. And then uh, just last week, I uh, I came uh, to work uh, in the afternoon because I usually uh, only work afternoons and through the night, depending on what's to be done. And uh, I was doing inventory, as I start every day with, because you've got to check on the bodies and make sure nothing's untowards. And uh, Slumberpod uh, 174A uh, should be empty. It's, of course. It's, yes. It, it, according <laughs> to the list, it's not filled. It should be empty. And uh, so... So I, why were, sorry, why were you opening it then? Pardon me? Why were you opening it? He was uh, doing inventory. inventory. Yes, I do a check. So every... check to make sure it's empty? Exactly. Okay. Double check that the inventory is correct. Every body in its place. Every place uh, for its body. You've never uh, worked in storage, clearly. Yes. You said you didn't know about public storage at all. Well, I'm smart enough to <laughs> think make about it. Make some assumptions, exactly. I suppose. I'm a journalist, <laughs> right. after all. So I got through to 174A, and as I tugged on the uh, the drawer handle, I felt a, a weight. And oh. I thought, well, that's strange. It should be empty. And then I started to pull it open. Yeah, maybe I, you thought, oh, I've gotten weaker. Oh, that was my first thought. Oh, my gosh. Have I suddenly lost all muscle mass overnight, which could happen. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I pulled it uh, a little further, and I saw... Uh, uh, I saw Marcus's shoes. He always wore these uh, these blue uh, uh, crew shoes, topsiders. Cruise shoes? Crew shoes. Cruise shoes. You know, what uh, are boat what? shoes. Uh, uh, oh, so cruise shoes. <laughs> I guess they are cruise shoes, yes. They're kind of like leather. I'm trying to think of what they're called. They've got little tassels, cruise shoes. No, loafer. Like, Wait, tassels? Well, they sometimes, instead of laces, they're sort of leather like I'm showing on my feet, like you can see, but I don't have them on. Uh, but they're little No, of course you are tassels. barefoot. All you are wearing is the bloody robe. I am wearing the bloody, yes, the bloody bloody long uh, robe, uh, but uh, uh, yes, cruise, boat shoes. I think that's the technical <laughs> yes, term. Yes, I've, I've heard of boat shoes Boat before. shoes, yes. He always wore boat shoes because he had a fascination with the sea as well as death. Um, 
So and, this must have been incredibly shocking and traumatic for you. This Well, it was for a number of reasons. I mean, first, just the business organization. There shouldn't be anything in this uh, in this slumber pot. Yeah, know, yeah, reason number one. I pride myself. Exactly. I was like, what has gone wrong with my uh, housekeeping? Um, uh, and then I realized it was Marcus. And I thought, well, this isn't right. It wasn't his time yet. And then, of course, my brain went to how should I present his slumber pod? Uh, oh, okay. I have to think of those things. Of course. Which is? His slumber pod? Yes. Uh, well, again, he had a fascination with boats, so I was going to fill it with water. Uh, <laughs> and uh, That can't be good for preserving a body. Well, that's where where, uh, where the cyanide comes in. I think cyanide is a preservative. Must I'm going to go with that. It has preservative qualities. Uh, and he's already dead, so it's not going to harm him. It certainly preserves you with the age you're at when you take it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yes, it would be filled with water, uh, and uh, I'd put a little sail on his forehead uh, so that he could float through existence for all eternity. So if his pod is filled with water, yes. does it mean that his ball from the ball pit is also filled with water? Oh, good question. Oh, well, I I mean, I never thought about that. I or would he be Did you fill his ball? Did I fill his, I Did you fill his, his ball? soul ball with water. I never thought of how your uh, how your eternal body rests could affect the uh, the uh, texture per se of your soul body. If that's true, if how your body rests yes affects your soul, mm. you have changed so many people's eternal oh, life. Yes, yes, just by how I preserve them. You're right. Their soul balls will be all sorts of things. That's a, that's a heavy uh, responsibility you've laid upon me. Well, that's what I do. We'll be right back. We're back. Um, uh, Are you Griffin? okay? <laughs> you just ran back into the room in such a sweat. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I I, I have to go. Why? Are you dying? No. No, oh. you, got, you stood up from your seat and rubbed your hands together. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is what I was born for. I, I'm not dying. I just realized oh. that I, I, have a, I have a wedding to go to. You have a wedding no. to go to? Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Whose wedding? My cousin's. I don't want to explain. And it's I, right now? No, I'd like an explanation. Okay, well, yeah, she... No, it's... Uh, I don't... Oh, no, 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 I have to go. I really have no, to go. Okay, I, yeah, but quickly, you forgot it was your cousin's wedding, like, I, right I now? I did, I know, I'm sorry. Her name's Julia. Are you the one who has to run in and yell, I object? Yes, I oh. hate her. Oh, so you're objecting on behalf of the guy she's married. Yes, I love him. <laughs> it's a whole mess. I can't explain. I have to run. Now, if you could please... I, I was just going to say, I've changed my idea for your slumber pod. Oh! It's going to be a bridal theme, but a, but a bride you... who's destroying all future weddings, so it's like a torn and ripped black wedding dress. I feel like you in. just latch on to just the one piece of info you Yes, do. yes, that's all I can go by. I have to run, I'm so sorry. No, just please make sure you uphold the law of journalism. The journalistic oath? Yes. Which is? Do as you were told, but be uh, smart about it. That's intense. Bye. Oh my god, and Bye. she's gone. Wow. She just bolted. Yeah. That was unexpected. Uh, but I will do as I'm told. Of course, you can only live by those words. We are still here with Dryden Moorcroft. We are, yes. Uh, of the, what was the name of it? Something Morgan Porium? Uh, the Moorcroft Morgan Porium. The Moorcroft Morgan Porium. Yes, yes. 
Uh, this is your private, or it, it is open to the public. It's open it's to the public, but it's privately owned. owned. Yes, yes, uh, it is my run, business. Uh, morgue. Yes. Uh, and, yes. Em- and Emporium. Morgue Emporium and Storage Facility. Uh, it's a... Where uh, people who have ownership of a dead body yes, yes. will pay to have it stored exactly. in your facility. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and you, you store them in these little slumber pods, yes. slide into the wall, mm-hmm. and you design each pod based on mm-hmm. stuff the... you loosely research about the person. Very personalized, yes. <laughs> research, yes, I wouldn't say loosely, it's just sometimes your time is limited, so you go with that first piece of information right. and run with it. Because bodies are always flooding in and out. Exactly. Uh, it's a it's an endless endless stream. Once again, you have been texting constantly. You yes. look you look like a, a, a horrible wizard, but who is in the 21st century with your phone? Oh, thank you. Due to the bloody robes of course. I'll, yes, of course. Uh, well, it's part of the uh, part of the business there, Griffin. And uh, yes, I've been texting, uh, keeping track of everything at the uh, Moorcroft Morganborium with my assistant Beatrice, and uh, it's going well. We've had uh, four new customers, so Ooh, to speak, uh, come in. As, uh, so people who have a body to give you. Yes, four new bodies have uh, entered the facility. Now, I'm curious. You do mention these tours, uh, and that's where you first met the victim, uh, Marcus. Yes, Marcus. Uh, so many Marcus. years ago. Yes. Uh, uh, take me through, briefly, one of these tours. What are all the stops? Oh, great. Well, first, there's the vestibule. Uh, what which, is a vestibule? Well, it's a, a kind of like a fancy word for a hall or an entranceway, I suppose. Okay. Um, and now, at the uh, Morgue Emporium, it's a, it's a lovely tiled floor in uh, Grecian marble. There's a fountain. Uh, you want it to be welcoming. There's wow. a Yes, there's a sign uh, that says welcome, so that people know oh, to that be is welcoming. welcomed. Yes, I feel you go with it, right? Yeah. You don't want to confuse people. Um, but then you also want to uh, uh, make them aware that this is a welcoming into a death zone, so to speak. Uh, the sign says, welcome to the death zone. Yeah, welcome to the death zone, yes. Uh, sometimes I have Guns N' Roses uh, playing in the background, but I changed oh, the lyrics. You've I done s- a parody version. I, well, it literally, it's just me. I just spliced in my own voice, say, replacing Jungle with Morgamporium. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then in the last welcome chorus, death zone. The- Morgamporium. <laughs> It's seamless. Most people don't even realize it's not the original version. Do you keep in fun in games as the description? Hello? Yes, yes, I didn't change any of the... Hello, what? Hello? Mr. Moorcroft. Good grief. Beatrice, what's the matter? Who's running the Morgamporium? Well, I just had to come here and tell you, the police has come to the Emporium. The police has come? To the Emporium. They're at at the Emporium. They want to speak with you about... Um, Goodness, I can't speak to them right now. I'm in the middle of being interviewed here. Yeah, tell the police he's doing a podcast. They really want to speak with you about... about you-know-what. About... Oh, no, I'm cool. You can tell me. You can say anything here. It's a safe place. We're already talking about the death of Marcus Fenneroff. Oh, right. Well, they seem to um, think that you're hiding the body either for yourself or for someone else and they want to speak with you and they're applying for a warrant to search the entire I'm, warrant. I'm, I'm not, I assure you, I'm not hiding Marcus's body. Yeah, it's in 175A? It's still in 174A, 174A. I believe. Um, well, I have to say they're afraid that you're kind of a, appearing helpful to sort of circumvent the fact that you that you killed him. <laughs> appearing helpful? Well, goodness gracious, I, I feel... Please don't shoot the messenger, Please. <laughs> I, I would never shoot you, Beatrice. I would merely dunk you in the cyanide bucket that I carry with me. Were that's a, that's I to, a kill. Yes, that would be a kill. But I'm not going to do that. I'm saying if I were choosing oh, okay. to kill you, I, I'm not. Uh, but Beatrice, the, the, but I, look, I, I didn't know I was coming here to be accused of something. Why would the police think I was involved not, with poor Marcus? I didn't Marcus's? do that. Well, I, by, by, <laughs> by association... Point? 
That's true. It is Beatrice's <laughs> fault, I suppose, even though she is just the messenger. Uh, but the pol- I blame the police. Why did the police think I would have anything to do with it? I merely found his body. I loved Marcus. He was like a son to me. Well, then how, well, then how do you explain the security cameras being shut off? I, can't, I don't have any security footage from the night that he, that he was brought in. I don't know what to do. Uh, well, I, I'm back up. Yes, uh, we'll, of we'll get back to the security cameras being shut off. Can uh, I have something to drink, please? Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you. Dunked her tongue in? Where's my cyanide? Oh, that wasn't the cyanide bucket. Fair enough. Just oh, had, to be, uh, had to be careful. You're worried I passed that over. I was a little worried. I don't know your motivations, Griffin. Uh, uh, well, I'm just getting to know Beatrice. I don't know whether uh, I'm angry enough to kill yet. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you are uh, an assistant uh, at the Moorcroft uh, mm-hmm. Morgan Porium. Yes. Uh, for how many years? Two. Two years. So you're fa- fairly new to this. Fairly. Yeah, uh, she's co- taken to it, though. She's learned more in two years than most people would learn in four, dare I say. You uh, dare? Twice the rate. Do you have a calling to death as well? I'm just trying to make some money. Hmm. Oh, so no. I don't know. Uh, th- how do you feel working in such a death-oriented business? I'm fine with it. Okay. Because when people die... It just seems like it was their time. You know, death can be really beautiful. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a gorgeous sentiment. It can be. So do you want me to stay or should I tell the police what to... I just am well, so confused. Do you mind I, hanging around maybe for about 20 minutes uh, and then you can go back to the police? All right. I, I think you should hang around, Beatrice, because I'm afraid you're leading the police directly to me somehow. And I think we need to sort this out. Okay. So let's go back to the security camera footage. You went to give the police the footage and it wasn't there. They demanded it and it wasn't there. It always is. It always is. I labeled the security camera footage. Look, there's a perfectly normal explanation for that. So you know about the security camera well, footage? Well, of course I do. I erased it inadvertently when I was recording music for uh, for our latest... You were putting music down on VHS? Yes. Exactly. That's I use VHS for all my recordings because I'm old school. So I, 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 yes, I put the audio. Well, it just sounds warmer. It does exactly. It's not this crisp, clear mechanical sound of no, you, you know digital recordings. Exactly. It's real. It's real. You know. Um, there, there was a uh, a body brought in recently. A, a new customer, a new uh, a resident, uh, as it were, um, and uh, uh, they. Um, they were a big fan. Uh, uh, see, it wasn't just their job, but uh, they were a uh, big fan of South Park, uh, the cartoon. So I was I was creating their slumber pod out of uh, paper and such to make it look like the animation on South right, Park. Yeah. You know, yes. And I, you were uh, removing their jaw from the rest of their head. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, putting a snowsuit on them, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and uh, of course, for their soundtrack, I wanted to have something inspired by the uh, the theme song for South Park. You know, we're going, no, but not South the theme Park. song. Not the theme song. No, uh, no. Uh, so I was recording my own version. Uh, we're going down to Death Park uh, instead of South Park. I made a Death Park, and I thought that would be fun for people as they that would be really funny. Yes. But anyways, as I was recording my takes, it usually takes me about 20 or 30 takes to get a vocal track right, um, uh, because I'm a perfectionist with it. Um, then I, I was, I was on, my, uh, uh, on my laptop, uh, I was recording it, and I, uh, I inadvertently erased the security footage. I replaced, you know, I dragged and dropped my new audio files in the wrong spot. Right. Well, that's going to sound incredibly suspicious to the police, given that that's never happened before. Well, well let's help clear your employer's name. When was the last time either of you uh, had seen Marcus? Well, 
I saw him the night before I found his body. And and Beatrice? I was um <laughs> I was it was my it was a day off that I had and I didn't come into work that day. But I I <sighs> Okay, I was at McDonald's. I know, I know. <gasps> no! I don't seem... I know. And I saw him there. And he was on a date, I think. A McDonald's date? A McDonald's date. And... <laughs> this is embarrassing. I got... I'm... Got a little... Angry. You got... Why? Well, did you have a... Did you... Do you have a crush? No. I think it's obvious she did, and I have witnessed it. Dare I say, every time Marcus came into the facilities, Beatrice was horribly distracted. She would... She would uh, break bodies, uh, inadvertently (laughs) drop them on the... She broke more than one body as Marcus walked by. What do you mean by break a body? Well, she'd be... She'd be carrying them or moving them into position or into the drawer, and she'd just drop them. Is on this the floor. true? Whenever Marcus was around? Oh uh, yes, I'm sorry, I can't control. There my... was an, there's an elderly woman, poor Gladys Marklestone, uh, <laughs> who is in two separate storage pods now because Beatrice broke her into straight in half. Straight in half, just dropped her on the on the on floor. The knife. <laughs> Yes, there was a knife on the floor, yes. Look, I'm terribly embarrassed, and it's not very nice of you to make fun of me for having a crush on Marcus. And now my heart is broken because he's dead and he can never return my love. But the the day before, so you said you saw him before leaving the facility, but I guess maybe during his lunch break, he, of course, brought his date to McDonald's? (laughs) Yes, that makes sense. They were sharing a McFlurry with the same spoon. Oh, that is romantic. And he did come back from his lunch smelling of McDonald's. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. So that was the last you had ever seen him. That is because I got so oh, I just blacked out. I must have gone home or something. I was so distraught. And yes, and well, I was just going to say I saw Marcus that night, and uh, it well it, we didn't McFlurry all over his lips. McFlurry all over his lips, and uh, we didn't have a. a, a <clears throat> our last words were harsh. I'll just say it that way. What What did you have an argument about? Well, he told me he was leaving. T- he was leaving town. He was moving. He was leaving with this girl he'd gone on what? a date with. What? Hmm? What? He was leaving on it. He had met this woman. He had fallen in love, and they were going to start a new life in Seattle, Washington, across the country. Wow. Across the the, 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 the continent, even. And and I I was against this. A, he just met this woman, and B, he was, he was my protege. He was like a son to me. I wanted him to stay. He couldn't just leave me. He was supposed to take over my business. And he was going to move away with this girl. Yes. Well, that sounds like motive to me. Now and you, the police. You saw her. What, yes. what did she seem like? She seemed perfect. How so? <laughs> she had short red hair, a really long perfect. body. Perfect. A long body. <laughs> Huge lips. Huge. Good for kissing. Great for kissing. And tiny hands. Uh, I can't even explain it. She was beautiful. She was wearing a long green skirt. <laughs> And she had big shoes. Huge shoes. That's exactly what Marcus loved. <laughs> I Long know. bodies, huge shoes, short hair, big lips. Small hands. Small hands. Oh, and don't get me started on her eye color. Okay. <laughs> Green. <gasps> Green. <laughs> that matches her woman. dress. <laughs> I'm so upset. She was perfect. She's the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. Uh, and you, uh, forgive me for saying so, long hair. Yes, long hands. Don't 
<laughs> don't bring Tiny it up. shoes. Don't bring Normal it up. lips, average size. Don't at best. bring it up. Don't bring up my insecurities. <laughs> Look at her feet, Griffin. Don't. Perfectly normal. Don't. Oh, yeah. Perfectly normal with the tiny and shoes over time. What about her eye color? <gasps> off green. Yes. Emphasis on off. <laughs> so, there. There it is. Oh, I'm sorry, Beatrice. Dare I say it? You had motive too, Beatrice. That's not true. I would never do such a thing. Oh, All man, I wanted was so for you. What? Oh, so you have motive too. Everyone what? was angry the last time they saw Marcus. I suppose. I suppose that's true. But I never... I would never want any. I would never wish ill will on Marcus. No, if you were going to kill someone, it would have been this perfect girl. Exactly, and she's very much alive. She uh, sings. Do we know that she sings? She sings. Is she Wait. noted? She sings. She works at the church. Oh, okay. She's not a, a well-known singer. No. But you, you've seen her at church since the disappearance of Marcus. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't think she'd be dead. No, she sings at church. How could she possibly be dead? She is God on her side. Yes, that's true. Well, I, I mean, I, I was angry, of course. I was disappointed, dare I say it, in Marcus, but I, I didn't want him dead. I mean, I, I wished him well in an angry tone on his trip across the country. Oh, like a passive-aggressive, I wish you well. It was very passive-aggressive. Have fun, Marcus, I think I said. <laughs> and then I slammed a door. I didn't leave, I just slammed well, yeah. a door. You opened a door, slammed it, and exactly. then opened it back up. I wanted him to know I was not happy with his choice, but that I... That I was was certainly... I mean, I wasn't threatening him. I, I mean, I will say our stories do not sound good, and the police is going to latch onto that like clams onto boulders. Now, listen, the worst thing that do, you could... Do clams latch onto boulders? I mean, I'm no expert I on guess that. maybe they like... Or, okay. or just mean like emotionally clams like to hang around boulders. Okay, I'm just wondering why we're focusing on that part of the story and not what I'm out to I'm a say. journalist now. Uh... And I'm just naturally curious. <laughs> it's... Now, listen. Shh, get in here, get in. I have to say, the fact that you erased the security tapes makes it look worse on you. I have to say that. They're going to, they're just going to rip us apart with that. So, with all due respect, I think I'm going to. You're going to the police? You're going to turn on him? Just to, so you're sure your name is clear? I didn't do anything wrong, except eat a burger <gasps> and have my heart broken. Well, seems like if you're the one so desperate to go to the police, you're just trying to push the uh, the uh, attention onto me. Well, let's... That seems like guilt. There's, there's still a bit I don't know here. Because we Perfect. only got uh, when you discovered the body. Right. I'm curious, right. the the scene of his slumber pod, because right now all I know is you saw boat shoes. I saw his boat shoes, yes. Yes. Okay. That's right. That's right. I saw and his boat shoes. And then at some point, you must have looked at the rest of him. <laughs> I did. It took me a while because I was so stunned, and as I was close to Marcus, I just stared at his boat shoes for, oh, it had Being to like, be... Being like, what are these called? What are these called? Right, exactly. It had to be 20, 30 minutes at least that I just <laughs> stared at the boat shoes going over and over in my head what they were. I used to own a pair in my youth, of course. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we were all young and crazy. <laughs> exactly. We all have things we're ashamed of. Uh, <laughs> so I, I... I mean, I had to do it bit by bit. I pulled it... So I, I saw the boat shoes, and then I... Managed to garner my strength and uh, pulled it another oh six inches or so, and I saw his ankles. They were bare, and they had slices, almost like claw marks down them. Right on the Achilles. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> on all sides. Yes, yes, exactly. Claw marks. The first, and, hmm? the first question I have, is there six inches in between his shoes and his ankles? <laughs> No, I meant that I he pulled out six well. inches up, six inches, inches up, as, six inches up his ankles, 
So six calves. Well, I suppose. I mean, is that still? Where does your ankle stop and your calf begin? I don't know. Uh, it was you, from his feet. I went. I opened it up about six inches further. That's ankles. No. It's calves. <laughs> no. I, well, I. I mean, tomato, tomato. I think it's clear. <laughs> And Marcus did have lengthy ankles, I think. There we go. I got to his ankles. Perhaps it touched upon his calves. All I know is I was overcome by the look of these claw scratches on his ankles. Claws, claws. Did they look like an animal's claws? claws? It could have been. I mean, there were three or four just streaks down, like somebody had scratched or clawed down him. Now, uh, from what I know of fatal wounds, that doesn't qualify. No, no. Unless it had a virus. (gasps) <gasps> That's true. Now, did you see any viruses? I, d- I mean, I don't have microscopic vision, so to the naked eye, no, there was clearly no clear viruses. Okay, so let's keep pulling yes, out the drawer. I only did it six inches let's go at another, time, so yeah, this a, might take a while. Another six inches out. Six inches, and I, so I'm getting to uh, close to knee. <laughs> You'd be about half thigh. Oh, yeah. You you what, say like how thigh? far out you pulled the drawer, and then Sorry, Beatrice will let us say, know what part of the did body. Did you say thigh? I said thigh. He's got really long ankles <laughs> and really short calves. Right. So a foot above his shoes, you were already at thigh. His legs were... Yes, that's true. His legs were only about a foot and a half long. It was long. so attractive. <laughs> Very attractive. These, um, huge ankles and tiny, and tiny thighs. thighs. So I got up to knee slash thigh area, um, uh, which of course revealed the shorts he was wearing. Uh, normal? Were, normal for Marcus? Normal to wear shorts? Uh, that he would wear shorts? Every day of the yes. year. Didn't matter what the weather, could have been 30 below, he would show up in shorts. Um, <laughs> and uh, the claw marks continued right up uh, oh, wow. up uh, past his knee to his, uh, uh, to his thigh area, disappearing under the shorts. Now we're at a point in the show where I'd love to keep pulling the drawer out yes. further. <laughs> Yes, oh yes, then we went, we went, uh, I, I went a foot further the next time, uh, so past his groinal area, up to his stomach, and that was a horrible sight to see. <gasps> it was gaping open, a perfect circular shape. Like uh, his soul. Exactly, had been removed <gasps> from his body. There was almost like a cup. Like Someone a, like was a, uh, you after know, his soul. You know when you slice an avocado open and then remove the pit? Is it a pit? It is a then pit in an avocado, seed, I believe. Seed. Pit. Ball. Listen. Beatrice, are you going to correct me on every turn here? No, I'm not. I'm just... What? Come on. Come on. Somebody had scooped out his soul is what I'm saying. I understand. Wow. Then I pulled the rest of the drawer open. And he was normal from there on. Okay, it was yeah. just Marcus. But at that point, once you've had your stomach ripped open, yeah, though is he that did where the soul a... lives is in the belly. Pardon me. Is that where the soul lives in the I belly? I believe so. Yes, it's in the center of your belly. That's where all the soul is. Yes. He wow. did have a bemused expression on his face, like he was looking down towards his belly and as bemused, if, like, oh. like what the f is going on here? Can I say f on the podcast? Uh, yeah, you can use that letter. Okay, thank you. Uh, so. That's fascinating. So it has to be someone who, I guess, shares your same belief. Oh, I suppose in the soul being ripped out, removing their soul. Yes, Beatrice, what do you believe happens when you die? Oh, (laughs) you're you're giving a a head shake as if to be this ought to be rich. Exactly. I look. I admire. Pretty rude. Everyone can have their own belief in the afterlife. Well, sure. I feel you're stealing people's money based on this stupid. Can I say stupid? Uh, yeah, you can use that letter. 
belief that you're just imparting lives uh, lies onto into people's minds rather what happens when we die is we die and that's it oh honestly beatrice no. i'm not going to put up with this oh come on there's more that happens when we die no, there look, i have given you everything i've given you an opportunity to make money and provide for yourself and learn a trade and you throw this back in my face People what i can't die. have my own thoughts no i can't have my own thoughts well, you can have your own thoughts, but I'd prefer you had right ones. Well, see, this is the working environment that we live in. No, honestly, this is the working environment. He just yells at you and he tells you what to do, and he won't let you think or feel things that you want to feel. So you you might understand why I'm so upset. Oh, so you've had you've had conversations with her about Marcus before? Oh, certainly. She wasn't good enough for Marcus. <laughs> oh. I mean, honestly. Not nothing. I mean, look at her first of all. She's not that long. Off green short, eyes. Off green eyes. I know. Off green eyes. Marcus deserved pure green eyes. <laughs> and this attitude of nothing happens after you die. You can't. You would have. You would have polluted Marcus's She's life. She's in and tears. Good lord. Uh, good. <laughs> I did it. What? what? I what? killed Marcus. Uh, if I can't have him, I'm rubbing my eyes with my fist. <laughs> he is. He is. I. I'm in shock. I was about to drink my cyanide. I was so confused. <laughs> if I can't have him, then neither can that whore bitch, long-legged woman, oh, and yes. neither can you. You with your stupid beliefs. Now you'll see. You'll never find Marcus up in your whatever ball pit. <gasps> Stupid ball pit. Oh. He'll be in the ground forever. No. Eat by worms. Marcus is the eternal child. He was the perfect ten and a half year old. He will be playing in the ball pit. No, he won't. Because. Because. Oh, oh she fe fell asleep. I've seen this before. She has passed out at an emotional moment. <laughs> Beatrice, Beatrice! <laughs> what? Sorry. Um, what happened? You. You. I think passed out. Because you closed your eyes and your head went sideways. Passed uh, out from the I have low. Doubt. Oh, I have low blood pressure. Can I have some water? Yeah, here. <sighs> okay. Uh, I, I'm uh, so sorry. Heathen. And you you took him away from not only his soulmate but his uh, pseudo father. Yes. You can't you can't tell anybody. Can't tell anybody. We've just told the world on this podcast first of all. Oh, please. No Here's hoping the audio is good this week. Oh, come on. Nobody's going to listen to this. I'm going to go. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's true. Thank you. The police will listen to this. No, because they've locked us in here. What? what? And we're all going to drink cyanide and kill ourselves. And that's the pact. We've just been forced into a pact? I mean, I gave the oath that I would do as I'm told. You did give that oath. And uh, as a morgue... Emporium operator, when someone presents a death pact, you are forced to take it. I know this. I've studied the law. Well, uh, that that wraps up a uh, successful and final episode of Kill to Death. Successful? Would you call this successful? I mean, we know who did it. Well, fair enough, I suppose. Um, before I die, I'd like to thank Matt Probst for doing our theme song. Yes. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, uh, review us on iTunes, rate us on iTunes. Uh, if you can follow uh, Kill to Death podcast... Mm. Uh, on Instagram, uh, although the posts will stop after this. Uh, you can follow us on K2D Pod. Uh, maybe Steve will, I don't know, retweet some in memoriam things about me. Uh, that's all I have to plug. 
uh me of course being being griffin that's the only griffin i know of uh, uh what about yourself oh well uh i guess in my dying breath i'd like to uh push people to uh follow the coincidence men uh improv troupe uh, we do a we i say we i mean i feel part of them uh <laughs> they do a monthly show at the social capital theater check out coincidence men on all the social media uh, goodbye uh and uh, do you have any final words yes I would just like to say that I ran into a wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous woman as I was running. I was coming over here. Her name is Laura. And she does a solo sketch show called Diane. And she's going to be at the Toronto Sketch Fest March yes, 5th I saw and Diane 12th. at Bad Dog Theater. It is wonderful. And I encourage everyone to check out the plug I just talked over. All right. Perfect. March 5th and 12th at Toronto Sketch Fest. Get tickets on the Toronto Sketch Fest website. And as for me... <laughs> this is my last day on earth marcus i'm coming for you i love you so much goodbye okay well uh bye bye everyone uh time to die keep your stick on the ice killed to death is produced and engineered by steve cook and griffin toplitsky special thanks to katie lore matt probst and tom shank rate and subscribe on itunes and like kill to death on facebook so they know how to value their worth as human beings This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Como esta? You've got Mary Chris Rivera, Ali Rasul, Belinda Corpus, Ali Posadas, and Paula Bautista, Isabel Canon. And, and we are the Tita Collective. We are award winning multidisciplinary artists. We dance, we sing, we create art. And we'll make you snort lap halo halo through your nose. We have a new podcast called Chica Chica with the Titas. Chica Chica means gossip. Now you know. We will be chatting about Philippine arts and culture as a reflection of our lives as women of the Philippine diaspora. For our first season, we will be breaking down the themes of our award-winning sketch comedy show, Tita Jokes, a love letter to the strong Filipinas in our lives. Am I really that strict? I don't mean to be. This is just how I show my love. You know, I'm the middle child of 14 kids. (laughs) It also explores many themes, which include family, identity, homesickness, queer erasure, and more. I will suffocate them with this Canadian thread! So please subscribe. Don't miss an episode of Chica Chica with the Titas. We'll catch you on our first episode on January 6th. Now you know about that Titas jokes. She works so hard and she loves you so. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.